another episode. I can happily cheer. I am no longer. What's the opposite of undefeated? Like, what, is there one word to describe undefeated, but the opposite? Like where you haven't won? No? No way to describe that? The, the goose egg? <laughs> Anti-goose egg. Basically, I've won my first game of the season in our league. So uh, super excited. This is the first time we get to record where the podcast has swept. We've all won our matchups. This is the first time I get to record where I've swept my two leagues. This is not the first time yet that my favorite team and my fantasy team won. So we're still waiting for that first. Uh, but a lot to unpack. I am excited. I'm Sweetheart. That's Shashot. That is Shovit. Uh, congrats. We all won our fantasy matchups this week. Holy shit. First time all year that's happened. Yep. And me and Shisho are, uh, have the same record. I'm coming for that, uh, fifth spot, man. You can have the sixth. I want the fifth. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. You just make the playoffs first and then we'll talk. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see if you, we'll see if you guys make the playoffs, man. There's a lot riding on my performance for you guys to make the playoffs. So, I mean, more so than you guys needing to win your matchups, I need to win my matchups so the guys in front of you guys start losing. So. Who, do you, who do you play this week, Sweetheart, real quick? Uh, I know I play Ishan the week after, and then I that play... That doesn't matter. And what else is there? Uh, hold on. Let me just find it real quick. I'm going to find it real quick. It's basically, it's basically Amin, Shovit, me, and Riaz fighting for the last... Uh, yeah, then it kind of doesn't matter because I play... Oh, too. Yeah, I play... Um, I play. I used this Sean week. Not in that mix anymore. Oh, I beat Sean. Sean. I beat Sean. Beat so we did. Um, I play Ayush and then I play Ishan and then I play uh, Sundis. So it's the top three seeds. Oh, okay. so yeah. None. So none of those matter. Okay. Sick. 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 But it's fine. I beat the top three seeds three weeks in a row. Who's got the best team in the league? You know. Some people yeah, I was. Talking. I was thinking about this. There needs to be like another playoff for like the last four people. So they're just like Agreed. a push. To try to I, continue, and maybe you do like another pot of just five dollars oh, extra. Dude, you you that, read you, my mind. The minute the what con- a consolation ladder is. The minute the consolation bracket comes out, I was already like, "Hey, whoever's in this, let's do another twenty-five dollar buy-in. Winner gets the pot." So I I've been ready for this, man. I need I need some incentive in this league. It's been really really depressing, but uh, very very long winded. We'll talk all about that along with everything that happened this past Sunday. Uh, let's kick things off with water polo talk. Real quick, guys, happy 10-year anniversary to the butt fumble. 10 years ago today, Mark Sanchez and the infamous butt fumble took place. Um, Crazy, crazy, the trajectory of that guy, right? Quarterback, took his team to the semifinals a couple times, butt fumbled, laughing stock, and now he is a broadcaster, commentator, color commentator. He's pretty good. He's really not bad. I feel like I I see a lot of shit he gets on Twitter, but I actually enjoy his commentary a lot. The thing is, like, you can't get made fun of if you own up to it, and he just owns up to it every time. So it's like people, like, try to be like, ha, ha, and he's just like, yeah, it sucked. It was was embarrassing. And people, you take their power away. That's the best way. When somebody makes fun of you, you also make fun of yourself. It's a win-win. That's what I love about Dan Orlovsky. He's one of the worst quarterbacks to ever play. Anytime somebody brings up him running in the back of the end zone, he owns up to it. You know, and I think I think that's when you're at your best, not when you're like, oh, well, the pressure was there and making up all these excuses. Nobody wants to hear that. You suck. So uh happy 10-year anniversary, butt fumble. Um another quarterback that is on the same team of the butt fumbler that maybe needs to get benched, uh, Zach Wilson. Finally, first time all year, Robert Sala has not convincingly said Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback. So I think this is what all NFL fans have been waiting for. I know Wilson is still the long-term outlook, but for a team that is 
positioned with their defense to actually be competitive now, Joe Flacco might be the best bet. So we'll see who he officially announces as a starter, but Dude, it does it doesn't look good for Zach. It it doesn't because like I've watched Aaron Rodgers for like 20 years or whatever now and I've hated him, but it's a different kind of hate, right? It's a hate out of like respect. But I'm looking at this kid and he just like screams like just he's so hateable. He's like after the press conference where he lost the game, they were like, "Do you like basically own up to any of this shitty performance on offense?" And he said, "No." I'm like, bro, who do you think you are? Like a veteran for six, 15 years with two hot Super Bowl championships? Like, bro, like at least be, look at look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen over there is like, yeah, it's my fault. After every game, he's like, my fault. I got to do better. I got to do better. And you have this kid who's proven nothing of anything related to Josh Allen. And he's like, no, I don't need to do any. I don't need to own up to anything. I'm like, dude, everybody hates you now. Yeah, you need to have yeah. some accountability for sure. But it may be Mike, uh, Mike White, right? It may not be Joe Flacco that gets a start, so. I mean, they're trying to win, though. Like, they're, they're not trying to rebuild. They're, like, there's winning possibilities happening. I, I would go ahead and start Josh. I mean, Joe Flacco, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think Flacco makes the most sense for win now because Mike White's like as much of a wild card, if not more, than Zach Wilson, right? So you could get Zach Wilson like light. You could get a great value version of Zach Wilson. So just imagine how bad that could look. So I think at this point, I would trust Joe Flacco if you're trying to win this year, and then just figure the rest of the shit out afterwards. I just remember that game last year with the, against the Bengals, and I think I put money on the Bengals. I was like, oh, this is going to be a sure win, and Mike uh, White comes in, and, and I think Elijah Moore had a couple of touchdowns that game too. So, uh, yeah, I still, you know, he, he's got some potential. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. The Washington Commanders, who are slowly creeping at 6-5 and five now, have officially activated Chase Young. Chase Young is the Joey Bosa, the Nick Bosa, the TJ Watt to that defense. So I think it's really, really important to have that guy on the field. The The whole defense of the Commanders being such a shit show and so bad the last couple of years when they were supposed to be good started with their lack of pass rush, right? Started with Chase Young getting hurt. So now that he's back, um, I'm expecting a little bit of shift in this defense that has slowly started to pick things up. That offense is doing just enough. And again, they're hanging around at six and five in a really, really tough division. So they'll be happy to get the defensive playmaker back. The Denver Broncos wave Melvin Gordon goodbye. That was really, really interesting. Um, I don't know why. It's not like they had such heavy depth at the running back position. I mean, Javante out for season. Chase Edmonds hurt. You literally picked up Latavius Murray off the street and he's producing, but now he's your only running back. He's your only running back. Boone Boone comes back next week. So there's probably like the squad guy. (laughs) Yeah, no, go ahead. Validity of this, but I heard that Melvin Gordon was playing songs by the future (laughs) at the locker room. And uh, Russell Wilson was like, nah, that's that's not going to come. Dude, that's so funny. It started off as a joke and then it just caught fire all over the internet. And now we're, we have, we have people that are like actually considering it, but no, it's not true. It's not true. It would be really funny though. It would be really funny. And real quickly, it is week 11 that has officially transpired. So I think it's appropriate that every week we do a quick top five draft pick check because that's going to be very, very important right now. Rounding out the five, you have Houston Texans projected a draft number one, Carolina Panthers at two, the Chicago bears, man, with all that cap space, all that ability to improve at number three, the Vegas Raiders at four and Seattle at number five, getting that pick from Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So uh, right now, Seattle winning the division and still projected to pick in the top five. What a great place to be and a lot of money that they did not uh, drop on a horrible quarterback. So really good situation to be in if you're Seattle. That's it guys for water cooler talk. Let's jump into the rundown. 
Speaking of the Bears, I will kick things off. Chicago traveled to Atlanta to take on the Falcons this week. Three-point spread, which pushed Atlanta wins at home, 27-24 to final, over 49 caches. Chicago now 3-8, and Atlanta 5-6. and uh, Pretty one-sided affair in terms of the way points were scored and yards were had. Neither team threw the football well at all. Justin Fields, 153 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Mariota, 131 yards passing, one touchdown, no interception. But... Both teams did what they do. They ran the wall really, really well. The Bears, 41 total carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Atlanta, 33 carries, 149, and a score on the ground. Fields, not amazing through the air, but it does not matter. 18 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. David Montgomery, owners rejoice. Shashot, 17 for 67 and a touchdown. Three catches for 54 yards for old Monty. That is freaking amazing. Darnell Mooney caught the only touchdown from Fields, four for 29 and a touchdown. Uh, obviously, on the Falcons side, Mariota, really inefficient, 13 carries, only 25 yards, but also, like most running quarterbacks, he got into the end zone. Tyler Algier, eight carries, 55 yards, one catch, nine yards. Cordero Patterson, man, 10 carries, 52 yards, two catches, seven yards, and a kick return for a touchdown, which broke the all-time record for most kick returns for a touchdown. The dude is a monster. Uh, last thing I want to note, Justin Fields did hurt his shoulder. So for fantasy outlook, uh, that is definitely something to monitor. I think, you know, he has been such a success for fantasy. He's a guy that you plug and play. You don't even worry about him on a week to week basis anymore. And this is huge. This is huge for playoff push. Uh, so that is definitely something to monitor. And then Shashot on the other side, Kyle Pitts got hurt as well. Uh, I don't know what the severity of his injury was. Is he out for season? Yeah, he should be. He's, he's pretty much, he requires surgery for his MCL tear. Um, they could try to like, Make him come back earlier, but what's the point, right? Like, I don't, <laughs> for what? For what? <laughs> to just get cardio in and not catch a single. Exactly, piece. exactly. They they need to think long term, and he yeah. needs to be shut down. I I would not worry about him being on your fantasy roster moving forward. Yeah, big, big again, big offensive explosion. Both teams running the ball really, really well. Um, but again, Justin Fields' fantasy value definitely something to monitor with that injury. Shoulder on, I believe maybe it was it his throwing. I don't know if it's throwing shoulder or non throwing left shoulder. shoulder. Left shoulder. So non-throwing shoulder is a little bit better, but you have to remember this guy runs. And this game, all like 75 or 80% of his rushing yards came in the first half. So I think the minute he felt some sort of a tweak or something in that shoulder, all of a sudden he was way more cognizant of running the football. And that's where like 90% of field is fantasy value is. So definitely something to monitor. Yeah, I'm a little optimistic because it is just day-to-day right now. But yeah, you bring up a good point. If he's playing scared, then it's terrible for fantasy. <laughs> yeah. If he's got to throw 25 times, then you know, you're not going to get the same fantasy points. Exactly. All right. The NFL took away what could have been one of the greatest viewing spectacles of our lifetime, and they put this Browns at Bills game in Detroit indoors where there's no snow to be appreciative of. Uh, Cleveland um, hit did, – did they hit the over – yeah, no. over yeah. 49 and a half. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, 49 and a half. Uh, Cleveland was plus 10. So all things Gucci there. Cleveland is now three and seven. Buffalo is now seven and three. Um, well, what happened this game? There was a pretty off day for the passing attack for the Bills. Um, off day for Diggs early. He even had to cry on his offensive coordinator or head coach's shoulder. And he's just a crybaby, man. I want to love him so much. But these diva receivers, like, just give me a Devonta Adams where nobody really, like, you, you know, just like – Stoic, stoic. You have, the, you have the you have the best non-crying receiving duo in the league. Well, I would Devonte Adams yes. and DeAndre Hopkins. Literally, 
like they play on two of the shittiest, most frustrating teams, and you never see. I mean, I guess Adams did push a cameraman, so yeah. so I know he's he's frustrated, but yeah, you never see either of those guys bitch during the game. It's the wildest thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's like tears to bitching and like the types that what you bitch about and like you know that kind of stuff. Like Diggs, what are you doing, man? It's such a baby. Anyways, um, it was an off day for him early, but all it took was eight yards of separation for that first touchdown catch, and it kind of salvaged his uh, day. You don't talk about Diggs getting salvaged, but that was one of the early game salvage moments. Um, the Bills went with a run first approach. Um, Allen only threw it 27 times. He um, completed 18 of those passes for 197 yards. And one touchdown, he only ran the ball three times for seven yards, which, you know, he was my like breakout player of the week or whatever, just because of what how embarrassing the game before was. But this game was arguably even more embarrassing. I don't know if people watched this game as much as I did, but he did not do well. There was this now he's got 12 quarters of below average football play. It's just been, you know, he's just been rallying around his defense to kind of like make things happen here and there. It just does not look like, you know, what Patrick Mahomes would look like. And that's the kind of comparison we're trying to use for him. So we need to see some better play from Josh Allen where you don't, because you're going to play other teams that are not the Browns here soon. And you're going to have to find ways to win that. This could have potentially been three games in a row that they took an L on. Uh, and um, Singletary, on the other hand, has been benefiting hugely from this lack of um, offensive throwing power, firepower that Josh Allen is known for. He ran the ball 18 times for 86 yards and got in the end zone one time. He even had two receptions for 11 yards. Cook actually played better than Singletary with less touches. He had 11 touches for 86 yards. Um, that's seven less. Um, that's that's nine less touches and seven less carries. And Cook is slowly, slowly uh, working his way up. If something were to happen to Singletary, I swear to God, if Cook is in the free agency market for any of you guys' leagues, I am going to be very upset at you. That's one of those players that just – he needs to be on your bench. You need to find a way to put him on your bench if he's available. Um, the rest of the offense for the Diggs – I mean for the Bills, uh, Diggs, four catches, 48 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis had five, one extra catch, five catches for 68 yards. And Knox – Seven catches for 70 yards. Um, everybody else, you really don't need to worry about being on your team. And the player of the first half of the week, uh, Tyler Bass or Taylor Bass. What's his name? Tyler. It's Tyler, Tyler Bass. Uh, saves the day with 900 fantasy points. Congratulations, Chauvet. You had him in one of your uh, teams. The NFL. The NFL saves the day for Tyler Bass owners by moving this game to Detroit. Is what <laughs> yeah. Happened. yeah. Yeah, he that probably had zero. He probably would have had zero fantasy points in that blizzard. Oh yeah, you, there's not. It's not kickable. Um, six feet snow. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. No so way. I mean, Tyler Bass looking like he could he would have been the best player of the week until some other kickers took over <laughs> later in the later in the day. It would really suck if you if you're a Tyler Bass owner and you had to play against Brett Maher. <laughs> uh, shit happens like that sometimes. Um, but anyways, on the other side, let's make this quick. Uh, the Browns really don't have much going on as from a fantasy perspective, but Chubb actually had one of the worst days he could ever have. 14 rushes for 19 yards. Wow. And three receptions for 48 yards. Hunt, five carries, 32 yards. Two catches, 22 yards. Uh, Brissett had a pretty good game. 28 completions on 41 uh, targets, 324 yards and three touchdowns. And one thing of note, Cooper, when playing at home, has been probably the best receiver in football, and he got a neutral field. We can't call this an away game. So he turned it out to just uh, demolish this game as well. Eight catches on 12 targets for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Peoples-Jones also doing his Donovan Peoples-Jones things. Five catches on six targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. Harrison Bryant played some um, played more snaps than uh, Njoku did today, but Njoku's coming off of an injury. So monitor all that. All that being said, Browns, these last couple of players, I wouldn't really start them unless they're playing against firepower offenses like the Bills. 
because um, they're still a run first team. Yeah, great. Just that the last thing I'll say about that game is again, it turned from a there's nobody safe from a fantasy perspective in this game, even Josh Allen included, to everybody rejoice from a fantasy day, except Josh Allen. Like <laughs> that was so weird. That was yeah. so weird that everybody like just had an amazing fantasy day in this game, except the one person that you'd expect to have the best day. It's wild. Fantasy is wild, you know? The NFL is wild, man. NFL is wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Next up, Eagles at Colts. The Eagles <clears throat> win this game uh, just barely by a thread, 17 to 16. And a late resurgence of Jalen Hurts allows them to, to win this game here. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Jonathan Taylor, you know, if you've got Jonathan Taylor's in the first half, not probably you didn't, you weren't very happy with his uh, production and he was injured too. Uh, but now 22 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown, and even three receptions for 10 receiving yards. So he had a great day. Uh, Devontae Smith had a pretty decent day as far as PPR is concerned. Six receptions, 78 yards. Um, and uh, in between Pittman and Paris Campbell, uh, it was it was kind of interesting. I was, I was watching this to see who would be the b- uh, biggest benefactor to this Matt Ryan uh, at the quarterback position. And uh, to me, it, it still seems like it's Pittman, uh, even though he had seven targets. Paris Campbell had only eight targets. Uh, but I think the volume is there for Pittman. That's and uh, It is more targets, but by one. Even Alec Pierce had eight targets, so it's like such a... Yeah, it's a it's an even spread, but uh, with Matt Ryan, I think they're gonna throw the ball. That confidence that you had in the beginning of the seasons for 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 Pittman, uh, you still can go back to that now and start Pittman in your weeks in your lineups uh, in the next coming weeks, I believe. And Alec Pierce, you probably don't want to start him yet. He had three catches on eight targets, uh, but something to kind of monitor. And Sweetcar, you were right uh, last week. We talked about Dallas Goddard. His replacement was uh, Jack Stoll, uh, not the other guy. Uh, so he, but he only had one catch. He was on the field often, but he only had one catch, uh, one target. So uh, nothing to, you know, go to the waiver wire and put all your fab on or, or anything like that. Uh, the biggest takeaway for this game for me, uh, outside of fantasy, was the Eagles barely win this game. And with a nine and one record, I really don't think the Eagles are as much of a threat as they were, as they were maybe in the beginning of the season. I think their Achilles heel of teams being able to run the ball on them. Is going to come down to haunt them come playoff time when they have to play, you know, better teams out there. Uh, and so just barely beating uh, the Colts by one point, it's not a really good sign. And I wouldn't put them as a, a big threat. And it does their nine and one record doesn't uh, show the, you know, I guess their their weaknesses. Yeah, I respect it. I mean, obviously, I think it's it's a long season for every team, so it's hard to go 17 weeks and find a team with no sure. weaknesses. A lot of these teams, I've noticed, at least this week or the past couple of weeks, their weaknesses have been <clears throat> stopping the run. And you're seeing a lot. You're seeing how that can work in this NFL, where offenses are down, teams are trying to run the ball more. All of a sudden, these you know this we're like, oh, we're moving away from this classic running NFL. All of a sudden, everybody wants to run the football because everybody's playing this, you know, two safety shell because they're trying to stop their pass and the run is open. So uh, I think teams are taking advantage of that. I expect maybe like the last four or five weeks for the teams that are getting gashed to adjust as well, just kind of the back and forth of the adjusting of the NFL. But um, you're right. Um, but it's still it's still tough for me to say the Eagles, you can't take the Eagles seriously or they're not as much of a threat because, you know, it's the NFL. People Reason find weird ways to win the game. Yeah, you find weird ways to win football games. All good teams, you know, win close games or win games. Maybe they, yeah. you know, they should, they played ugly, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're not the basically they have no weaknesses type team that we saw like the first six weeks. Right, right. And the last thing I'll add is, you know, Sirianni is a, is a hell of a coach. So I think that like, you know, yeah. against the Cowboys, you know, that's their biggest rival. I think Sirianni and there's an edge for, as far as the coaching perspective goes. But you, you they played against the Texans. And they did come out with a win, but that was that was a tough game. They lose against the Commanders, and now the Colts. These are like the bottom feeders of the NFL, and so that uh, concerns me uh, in terms of the Eagles uh, when when it comes time to well, are the, is this a Super Bowl team that are for sure going to get there? Like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm a little concerned. To be determined. Yep. One of the ugliest games on Sunday, the Jets at the Patriots, final score three to ten. Under was it was over under was thirty-eight and the under got demolished. I mean, who would have thought that? New England was favored by three and a half points. They covered the spread. Jets dropped to six and four. Patriots move up to six and four. So these two teams are now tied. Second place in that or maybe third place in that division now behind Buffalo and Miami. God, that's a good division too. It was a disgusting game. And it just the disgusting just needs to be pointed at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is atrocious. He is so bad. His some of his throws make me just want to barf like i just don't understand how an nfl quarterback can do those kind of things um and he's not holding himself accountable at all he's playing like shit but not holding himself accountable those are just two really really bad recipes uh and disaster is spewing for the jets because they have a great defense and they need somebody to be formidable enough on offense that's where i think joe flacco can step in and not be such an idiot uh mvps of this game were the defenses new england held the jets to 103 total yards of offense patriots did have 297 yards of offense but still nothing crazy third down efficiency was the name of the game neither team could sustain drives three for 14 for the jets four for 15 for the patriots and you know what i expected this game to be was defense and running the football even though you know i expected running to be great it wasn't all that great damian harris actually had a better running day than Ramondre stevenson eight carries 65 yards did catch two passes for 28 yards stevenson inefficient 15 carries only 26 yards but salvages his day six catches out of the backfield for 56 yards to give himself a uh, a more than you know valiant effort in terms of fantasy football against a good jets team overall the wind and the lack of offenses paired with the defensive pressure rate uh just exactly how this game turned out is exactly what we thought this game would be three to ten final patriots take the cake win a big divisional game playing lights out defense yeah, that second-ranked pass rush is something to fear. Yeah, I'm very scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Um, so the West Coast Rams came down yonder to the south to play the Saints this weekend, and the final score was 20-27. to 27. Um, Saints took care of business with a hobbled-up Rams offense. Rams are now 3-7. and seven. New Orleans is 4-7. and seven. Uh, Dalton probably had one of the best games of his um, season, going 21 for 25, 260 yards and three scores. Uh, one of those scores went to Chris Olave. Finally got to see some deep down the middle action with Olave and not just like, let's get like 15 yards here, 20 yards there. Let's have a concussion there. Come back. Let's have another <laughs> concussion. I was getting tired of that Olave, and I'm finally happy they went down for like a 50-yard gain. Uh, he caught five passes for 102 yards and got a touchdown, making everybody happy. Uh, Kamara, he just meh. Like, just – just, just meh at this point. I try, try to send some trade offers uh, this week. <laughs> try to trade. Yeah, I didn't get a single trade offer from you. you I, get a single I, I don't know. Trade I don't know what to send you. Latavius um, Murray, man. Latavius. I don't Murray. want no part of Latavius Murray over to you. I want no part of that guy. But I, I try to trade for Ramondre Stevenson like five times. <laughs> he just kept rejecting it each time. He's going to regret that one. He's going to get regret that one. Um, but anyways, um, he had a meh day. I think it was like ten point nine fantasy points or something like that. 
Stafford exited this game with a concussion um, after already dealing with a concussion last week. So uh, I don't know what the Rams are doing. There's no reason for him to play any more football for the rest of the year. If they're smart, they would not do that. Uh, There's really no reason for him to be out there at all. Um, Allen Robinson, we talked about the three-headed wide receiver monsters (laughs) or Chia pets, I guess, (laughs) on the Rams. Monsters, yeah. And we try to see which one would probably come out on top, which one's worth saving, starting. Well, there's a different reason for each one. Robinson is their red zone option. He literally, they can't run the ball in the goal line situation. So what what do they do? They send fades to Allen Robinson. And he kind of bailed them out with one touchdown. And um, that's that's what you're banking on with Robinson at this point if you're going to start him. Higby actually had a great day. He had eight targets, 45 yards. that's not a great day, but that's, it's that's sad that that's a great day because the Rams offense is so, so bad. bad. And Higby had been doing pretty bad before, uh, right after their bye week, I guess, for the last couple of days, so uh, weeks. So this was kind of nice to see. Um, he had a drop as well in there. Um, Tutu Atwell, you know, he had that really long touchdown and we're like second coming of cup, but he ran the fifth fewest routes amongst all their receivers. And um, I would just, that's just the Fugazi. Don't look at that in the stat sheet and be like, I got to get that guy on my team. Um, and, um, yeah, everybody else, Van Jefferson, Skoronic. Skoronic is just a glorified six-foot-five full, fullback. They use him as a fullback and because um, there's no protection from the offensive line. And uh, Van Jefferson might benefit moving down uh, in the next couple of weeks, but uh, nothing you want a part of. And then the last two things are the two running backs. They just let go of Henderson, which called it from day one. They don't like him. They don't like him. after Even after all that stats, I was like, there's just something about this guy. McVay just does not like Henderson. And now he just broke up with him completely. Uh, what does this mean for us? It means nothing. You could just stash acres if you want. Go ahead. If you're, go ahead. I dare you. I dare you to do that and see how that plays out. Um, and uh, Williams is the other guy who catches some passes. And, uh, he's kind of like an Eckler, honestly. They're similar in size. Um, they have similar uh, work um, plan, game plan for them. So if you want to bank for something, maybe bank for that. Um, outside of that, there's really no other fantasy implications. Um you guys have any other things to talk about the Rams and the Saints? No, I got the perfect way the Rams can be a better football team, though. So next week, Ben Skoranek needs to come on the field with the Cooper Cup jersey. Hmm. They would never know. They would never know. Hmm. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, Cooper Cup's on the field. We need to give this guy extra, yeah. extra attention. He sucks so much now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. He, I mean, dude, he, I feel like, yeah, you're right. He's definitely not going to run as good a routes. But, you know, for however long, even if it lasts one play, it's, you know, it's still trickery. They got to try something. They suck. They suck. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's not going to play. They're going to have a backup quarterback. They've yeah. cut one of their running backs. Like, their best receiver is yeah. hurt. They have nothing going for them. You so talked about McVe- Texans, Panthers, Sean- Bears, Raiders, Seahawks. I think we need to start talking about the Rams getting the first overall pick. Soon. Dude, the Super Bowl hangover is about as real as it gets for the for the LA Rams. How about Olave, though? You know, dude, he's first a beast with uh, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, 18 points. Game. That was nice to see. Just imagine, just imagine Jameis Winston and Olave. Like Jameis Winston oh would throw gosh. the football 50 times a game. Air yards and yeah. then that yeah. bomb. Uh, oh man, that would be amazing. Make it happen, Saints. Make it happen. Next up, we've got the Lions at Giants, and Detroit comes up with a win on this one, 31-18, to 18, uh, to a surprise to probably a lot of betters, and uh, myself included. Surprise on the fantasy side uh, is, is in terms of what you expect from your studs and what you actually received. Um, let's go to the fantasy side of things. Jamal Williams with not one, not two, but three touchdowns in this game. 
I, you know, I said it last week. He's the RB one on this team, and people still continue to start DeAndre Swift, which for whatever reason I I do not know. Uh, but uh, DeAndre Swift did get a touchdown late in the game, but it's that it's, was like a pathetic. Hey, you want to play some football? Yeah, it's like hey, <laughs> you're our starting running back, so we scored all of our points. So here we'll yeah. give you some salvage. I mean, when it comes to the red zone and they need to put some bodies in there, some guy with muscles and all that, Jamal Williams is the guy, not DeAndre Swift. And that's why he's the benefactor of all of these multiple touchdown games. Uh, and it's not like Jamal Williams, like, earning his way into that end no. zone. Like, if somebody's grandma could grab that ball and, like, hobble into the end zone with the kind of touch of it, touchdowns he's getting. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not like Najee, you know, breaking tackles or anything. Uh, God. Moving on. Uh, Amon Ray St. Brown, I think, had a, had a solid game. He had seven targets, even had the carry as well. Had uh, So fantasy owners are definitely happy with that. Darius Slayton, nine targets. Uh, Wondell Robinson with 13 targets, although he did get injured. I think Darius Slayton could be a good uh, streaming option moving forward still with the targets, given that volume is the name of the game. Sugar, I see you shaking your head there. I don't know if you... No, I, I agree, just because there's nobody else now. Wondell's yeah. out for season, I think. Yeah. He got hurt, and he's out for season. We already know Kenny Galladay is on the field, but like is invisible. He's wearing well, the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter, basically. So there's nobody else to throw the football to, right? So Slayton has to be... like It's one of those situations where you have to have this guy on your roster. He can't be a free agent because there's no other receivers for them to throw the football to, and the Giants are still good. They're 7-3, and three, so they're going to be trying. So Darius Slayton, by default, needs to be rostered. Yeah, and um, in terms of Kenny Galladay, his snap count and his, um, I guess, routes run is lower than uh, Darius Slayton and Wondell Robinson. It should be. Is that a surprise? He's so bad. Yeah, he's so bad. He's so bad. It's not like he's on the field. Like He's not even getting those chances anymore because I think they've probably seen as much as they can of him. just wasting money. Uh, but Saquon, rough, rough day uh, for Saquon. Uh, so Saquon holders, um, just, just not good. I, I think that the Lions did a very good job of stopping the run game, surprisingly, and they put up points, and so the <laughs> game have kind of changed as well. So it's just, it, it's crazy. It's probably one of those games where you're like Saquon Barkley, great matchup, and then Dudley performance, and uh, that's just the, that's just what happens sometimes. You know what's funny is that's exactly like think about this before this week started Saquon Barkley against the Detroit Lions like that is a matchup made in heaven right and then I looked I looked at I was just scrolling through Twitter and there were so many people that were like did anybody else have a shit show of a week where your team just didn't show up and like you have teams like that had Josh Allen Saquon Barkley uh, Alvin Kamara Justin Jefferson I can't remember like some other really good players. Yeah. Maybe Pierce. And they had like a total of 40 fantasy points, you know, like, so this was just one of those weeks where so many studs did nothing. And then you had all these streamable quarterbacks, like the Daltons, the Garoppolo's throwing three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Like it it was, it's again, the anomaly of fantasy football. Like Mm -hmm. I think every single fantasy, whatever you want to call yourself would have been like Saquon Barkley against Detroit RB one on the week. And you know, this is just kind of the shit that you get sometimes. You know, I was, I was thinking about that and it's like an average game, right? You're not going to have home run hitters do home run hitting things every single week. I think sometimes you're going to have these four or five points, but it's like the long game and you just want players that will produce as much as possible. Consistent force, baby. What's that? Consistent force. That yes. that's that's the method you play fantasy football with. You want to average out to a hundred points or more by your whole team every week. Right. Yeah. 
That takes us to Baltimore, where another ugly game transpired. All I'm doing is talking about ugly games. I don't know how this happened. Baltimore against the Panthers, 13-3 to final score. Carolina was a 13-point underdog. They cover the spread. Under 41 was an easy bet. Carolina now 3-8. and Baltimore somehow 7-3. and Ugly offensive performance for both sides. Baker Mayfield, what do you expect? 196 in the air. No touchdown passes. Surprise, surprise. Two interceptions. Deontay Foreman, 11 carries for 24 yards. All of a sudden, Foreman has come down to earth. Terrence Marshall, three catches, 76 yards. Outplays DJ Moore for three catches and 24 yards. So uh, just bad. Carolina offense, bad. Don't start anybody unless it's a favorable well, matchup. Then you start Foreman. No, no, no. If Foreman's on Chauvet's bench, which is likely going to be next week, then you got to start Foreman. That's just how yeah. things go. Yeah. Chauvet's bench you know, Foreman, you start him. Does, starts Foreman, bench him. Chauvet has never reaped the benefits of a Foreman. I have never reaped the benefit of a bench. Like, Eno Benjamin was the same thing. I, I, I benched Eno Benjamin, and he, he went off. I start him next week, two points against the Vikings. <laughs> That's frustrating, man. I'm in my other league. I'm surprisingly on the other end of that. Like I told you guys, I traded for Gabe Davis the week I traded for him, like 33 points. The week after that, I think he had like 20 points. And then I traded him away, and he's been so bad since, right? And then I traded for Tony Pollard. And I think the three weeks I've had Tony Pollard, he's had 30 plus twice and like 25 once. So it's been it's been unreal. Sometimes everything goes your way, and sometimes nothing does. And for the Panthers, nothing really goes their way anymore. Lamar had a bad game, yet the Ravens still won. 209 yards passing, no touchdown passes, one interception. And something about Lamar Jackson just doesn't feel right. He's only running the ball 11 times for 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The running game was eh. Kenyon Drake, 10 for 46. Justice Hill, 7 for 30. Uh, And Gus Edwards, who was trending to play, just didn't play. And, you know, I guess the only guy I really want to highlight, Mark Andrews, 6 for 63, uh, the usual and Demarcus Robinson, nine catches, 128 yards. Duvernay is a gadget guy. Rashad Bateman, gone. Deshaun Jackson, one catch, hamstring. Is Demarcus Robinson in a situation that's also, by default, you look at stashing this guy on your bench, or do you just say, F this? No, you say F this. It's the Ravens offense we're talking about. They don't give a shit about wide receivers. They just, it's run, run, run. Mark Andrews, run, run, run. Some random wide receiver, run, run, run. Like, you can't rely on them. That's the problem. Yeah, you can keep them on the team and see what happens, you know. Even when Bateman was there, he wasn't really productive outside of some deep bombs. And, you know, Demarcus Robinson isn't really Bateman when it comes down to deep bombs. So I think you can benefit off of some random starts here and there. But to for consistency-wise, like, I want no part of Demarcus Robinson. When are you ever going to start Demarcus Robinson? Yeah, maybe 14, 16 team leagues or something. He's a wide receiver one right now, right? So yeah. um, that's that's the only thing that I'm holding on to. But um, other than that, you're right. It's not a sexy play, and you could literally just get goose egg. A week, yeah, that'd be scary. Later. I cannot afford those this late in the season. No, nobody can. But Panthers take the Panthers take another L. They're three and eight. Problems galore. They're starting Sam Darnold now next week, so yeah. the problems just continue. Dude. This is the best case scenario for the wide receivers. He's, he's, but statistically, he has been creating the most options for the wide receiver group there. So maybe we'll see some uh, 10, 9 catch games from at least some of the wide receivers. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. They're probably getting bored out there. Let's not. I'm actually enjoying this. This is like I've eliminated the Panthers wide receivers from my like scope of thinking, and it's kind of nice. It's less stuff to worry about. And if they start catching 25, I'm like, fuck, I got to trade for this guy. I got to do this. It's stressful. Yeah, one less team with no fantasy guys. You're just like, screw them. They're gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, Foreman's still going to be on my starting lineup, especially if Sherbert benches him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're- 
league to see what you do and just follow you and hopefully <laughs> I can be different. Well, that's weird because I'm following you. So that, that's going to create a black hole and we're all going to get no fantasy points. So we can't be doing that. It's it's a chess match to like 1159, the last person to make the move, the other person tries to make the move. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's actually funny. All right, we're talking about bad games. I'm going to raise you one more. Commanders went to go visit the Texans. Final score was 23 to 10. Sloppy game here everywhere. Uh, Washington is now 6-5. and five. Houston's now 1-8-1. and one. Uh, And right after the game, Washington named Heineke the starter moving forward this season. So that's kind of nice to see. Um, but, you know, he's still garbanzo beans. He threw for 15 completions for 27 on 27 attempts, 191 yards. Didn't really have to do much because it's the Texans, and you just run the ball on the Texans. Gibson ran the ball 18 times for 72 yards. Brian Robinson ran it 15 times for 57 yards. Gibson's a third down guy, so he got some catches on third down too. Three for three for 31 yards. And Samuel also got some uh, running work there and got in the end zone. So, you know, it's just, I don't know, I don't know what part of this you want. I guess you want Gibson, um, unless it's a really bad defense and, you're, they're proje- and the Texans are projected to win, which is rare and could never happen moving forward. So those are the games Robinson would probably get more benefit there. But if one of these guys goes down, you have an every down running back, um, even though, uh, even though uh, what's his name is not going to run the ball at all. <laughs> so Robinson's, or sorry, Robinson's not going to get any passing work at all. But we've seen him get 26 carries before. So um, if Gibson were to go down, uh, he wouldn't be a bad running back starting option. Um, receiver wise, I really don't want to start anybody on these two teams, uh, like unless you have to. We kind of saw some uh, signs of greatness from TMC. A couple of I guess last week, um, but they, they didn't really have to throw that much, so we didn't really get to see what could happen the next game. Uh, it was an average day at the office for them. Logan Thomas kind of came out of nowhere. It was nice to see because he was such a stud a couple of years ago, and then injuries have been derailing his career and kind of got some work here. He had the most targets, I believe, this game for that team, and he ended up with five receptions for 65 yards. Um, so, you know, I mean, at this point, this, this from not from a fantasy football perspective, but from a football perspective, the Commanders aren't going to win the division. There's too many good teams on that division, so they're going to be playing spoil, spoiler. And um, I'm excited to see what kind of spoiling they'll do because they're like the definition of a team that has the potential to spoil some real, real teams. And it works uh, out because, you know, their division is everybody that's in the playoff race. So as a Vikings yeah. fan, you want them beating the Cowboys, you want them yeah. beating the Giants, and you want them beating the Eagles. So we're yeah. big Commanders fans now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then just a little bit on the Texans side from a fantasy football perspective, um, they had five yards at halftime, okay? <laughs> they had five yards. Of, I think the Vikings had more yards at halftime than that shitty of a game we had. Uh, but the, the score, the yardage uh, comparison at halftime was 246 to five. So they, they were just not, it was not set up for uh, success there. Cooks kind of had a pretty good game. I'm sure he wants to kind of like go home and cry in his, in his basement or whatever the hell, because he, he caught three catches on six targets for 70 yards, all for what though? Like he has to be looking at himself in the mirror every morning. Like, why do I exist? Why am why I? Why do they not trade me? Why am I not yeah. playing for a contender? Yeah. It's like it's like it's 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 NFL hell. It's like being in hell for Cooks, and I'm just sorry. Like there's nothing good coming out of this except for you know paychecks, I guess. Um, Nico Collins. I was ex- I was hoping there was some uh, points here. I knew this was going to be the outcome score wise, so they were going to be struggling. But um, he had set, he had more targets than Cooks did. Just didn't have didn't do anything. This team was just not set up for success at any point. Mills had probably one of his worst games. 
Uh, and then Pierce had his worst game. Ten rushes for eight yards. My Lord, that's bad. Two catches for nine yards. Commanders, man, I'm telling you, this defensive line is like top five in the league in putting up pressure. I saw that against Kirk Cousins when he had to throw those bombs to Jay Jettas while getting railed, you know, getting murdered. Uh, just turned out in our favor. Um, didn't work so well against the Cowboys. So that just tells you the difference between the number one ranked pass rush versus the number five ranked pass rush is so vast. That's how good the Cowboys pass rush really is. Yeah. And the commanders are going to be, you know, chomping at that bit with Chase Young back now. So right. they're, they're going to be eyeing for that number one pass rush prize. So anytime you have a good pass rush, you're going to be in a lot of games. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of pass rush and sacks and, and that category, uh, Broncos saw a lot of that facing the Raiders. The spread was um, two and a half points favoring Broncos, um, and the under is 40, 41 and a half. Did not, so the under hit 22 to 16 is the final score. Uh, Raiders come up with a win on this game. In terms of fantasy, uh, first off, Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 141 yards, two touchdowns with a game-winning touchdown in overtime. He had a solid game against Patrick Sertain, who? Um, not two. Uh, yes, not who? <laughs> exactly. So uh, Devontae Adams, a lights-out performance there. Josh Jacobs, also pretty good, 24 carries, 109 yards, three receptions, and a respectable 51 yards. Um, so... Moving on with the fantasy implications monitor, Chase Edmonds' injury. Uh, I think that Latavius Murray, uh, you said you want to know part of him. If Chase Edmonds isn't there, I think he is a must-add if Ed, uh, Edmonds is out. Uh, Kendall Hinton gets the start for Jerry Judy. He had three receptions, 57 yards. He's a waiver wire add uh, with a matchup against the Panthers and the, Ra- and the Ravens, who rank in uh, – the top 10 in allowing fantasy points to wide receivers. And then Matt Collins had uh, six catches on nine targets for 52 yards, filling that Hunter Renfro role uh, pretty pretty uh, well, as as well as you can with Devonta Adams taking up all of the receptions and touchdowns on the team Yeah, you can have. But uh, I think that that's a fairly uh, decent number for a wide receiver too. You know, streaming option maybe, not someone you want to start all week, but just something to look at. Uh, so moving on to the game, yeah, I think that um, the Raiders had this game the, all pretty much all the way through. I thought that uh, there was a fumble in the goal line where they get the Broncos got the ball back. I think that uh, you know caused them to not even score on that drive because that same drive they had a field goal brought, blocked, and then on third downs it was sacks or pressures by the by the Raiders, and it was you know Russ had just no time to throw the ball, and I think that definitely hurt hurt their situation. The game goes to overtime. And like I said, Adams destroyed PS2 to uh, get that touchdown. But, you know, in terms of the Broncos, the biggest question marks have been like, is this a coaching issue? Is Russ the problem? Uh, I think that moving forward, they're kind of getting in the rhythms with things as far as the offense goes, at least in the first half. And But then when you're not able to move the chains on third down, you're just not going to win. And then having that blocked field goal, really, it was, it was a three-point game, right? They uh, at uh, It was... 16 to 13, uh, going into a minute 30 in the fourth quarter, and they kicked a field goal to get to over, overtime. So it's those like things that happen in the game, like the fumble and then the missed field goals that kind of uh, made them lose the game. But all in all, to say that I think that uh, we're overreacting to some of the coaching issues and rust problems. I think that it's more of a young team uh, outside of rust, but just a team with a new coach trying to get into the field groove and feel of things, and uh, that they will be all right. Is my takeaway from this game. <clears throat> Man, that's a bold, optimistic takeaway for the for the Broncos losing to the Raiders, who are literally the team that nobody wants to bet any money or any 
ounce of anything on. Uh, yeah. Back to the coaching, it's interesting because Hackett, they're trying to make adjustments. Hackett was calling the offensive plays. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to focus on coaching. So Clint Kubiak, former Viking offensive coordinator, was calling the plays, and they still weren't having any luck. So, you know, we don't know what the whole story is, but we're slowly in a process of elimination, and the one constant remains, and that is Mr. $250 million man, Russ Wilson, right? So, uh, I, I mean, honestly, guys, at this point, who would you rather have, Russell Wilson or Zach Wilson? The fact that where we've reached this point in a conversation, yeah, where cool. the hell has the NFL like gone? Where is Russell Wilson? Like I, I was wa- listening to other podcasts and people were like, Russell Wilson was a surefire Hall of Famer before coming into the season. And all of a sudden you're like, dude, yeah. what do you make of Russell Wilson now? He is so bad. Yeah, he's he not is bad. so bad though. He's bad. Like he was making throws to Cortland Sutton that you were like, "Oh, okay, like nice," and th- going running out of the pocket and that's like. Something hard to do. Kirk Cousins makes great throws to receivers yeah. all the time. We don't talk about. You can it. again. It's that's, that's like the, the way you're saying that is like creating a highlight reel for somebody. You can find one good throw, one good play for everybody every single game. Create a 10 minute clip of all of these good throws that he made. Right, but that's not the point. No the man, point there's is consistency. There's, and there's there is no level, consistency. There's certain level of play we need when we call them Hall of famers when we call 150 million dollars you're playing like worse than andy dalton yeah. right now bro yeah. and like at what point it's been 11 weeks how often are we gonna say oh yeah the broncos are you know one they're one move away from greatness like i'm tired of that shit I'm, i've been one of the biggest russell wilson supporters all week long or all year long i'm like oh you know they'll be fine i've been t- i told sweetheart this on this podcast like seven times oh don't worry it's just russell wilson oh he'll be back he's a hall of famer he'll be back dude at what point are you the idiot here for just keep saying the same thing? That's you're not seeing the the work happen on the field. Like I'm tired of watching the Broncos and I'm tired of people thinking Russell Wilson is this savior that he clearly isn't. There's a step that's lost. He's lost some of his receivers now. And this Greg Dort shit, like it was overhyped beyond belief. He's just an average dude trying to do some average shit in the NFL. This team is average. This team is average. His defense is elite, but this team on the offense especially as a dumpster fire in the running back situation. It's just the whole thing is a shit show. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that this year it's probably not going to be a playoff. Uh, they're, they're not going to get a playoff spot. How, who are you going to get the playoff spot from? The AFC is no, no joke. The bills have the sixth seed right now. Like you're going to beat the bills, Denver. I don't think so, man. Yeah. But there's always next year. I mean, you know, there's, there's still this year too. Okay, if we're gonna get really political yeah. here, there's still time. We but, can. There's always next year to every team that sucks, right? We're not looking forward into next season. We're looking yeah. at the here and the now. And they're trying. They're trying. They hired a head coach this year, like a brand new head coach. In middle of the season, they were like, "Hey, you're not calling the offensive plays anymore." Though that's a drastic change for a newly hired head coach in the middle of the same season to make. So they are trying every which way to figure out this snafu. But again, it starts with Russell Wilson. Like it starts with Russell Wilson making plays. And if he's not making plays, there's nothing because they don't have money. They're not going to have money to allocate to any other players. So it's like, Oh, he doesn't have any help. Well, maybe you shouldn't ask for $250 million. So the team can't spend on anything else. You know, like that if you're paying, getting paid that much money, you're responsible for that portion of the team's success. I'm sorry. That's just how it works. And right now you are dog shit. You are absolute dog shit. You're not even like serviceable. You're not even a game manager. You are like the reason the team sucks. Russell Wilson ran. Russell Wilson ran over. I would take Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson's still young. Maybe you can fix something. That's Russell Wilson's thing. old. He's set in his ways, part. and he and he costs way too much. Yes. So give me Zach Wilson. That's sad. That's where we're at. <laughs> I'm still taking Russell Wilson. 
over Zach Wilson. But you're right. The money, the money part is the is it sucks. You paid two hundred fifty million dollars. It's, it's all. You, yeah, there's... you expect more from a guy that you pay that much. He's. I playing... expect anything. Not even just more. Like some. Yeah. Some you expect, you expect God-like play from somebody that got two hundred and fifty a quarter of a billion dollars? Yeah, sorry, dude. Like, I yeah, the pressure's on. You're it's a one man. NFL's a team sport. I don't give a shit. You're demanding like half of the team's salary. You have to be like freaking Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at that moment. Like, you're demanding that much money, so you have to play like it. It's okay. I'll make this next segment short. The Cowboys and Vikings played this week. Vikings played the worst game of their lives. 40 to three final. Nobody showed up on Minnesota. Dallas dominated everything. Reverse game script. Cowboys just went out, went up early. First possession for the Vikings. Strip sack fumble from who? Micah Parsons. So we saw the writing on the wall. Christian Derrissaw goes down with a concussion. He should not have played. You can see guys that come back early from concussions, yeah. one hit to the head and they're concussed again, right? So yeah. there is a there is a sign that these guys that are concussed should not be coming back soon. And now I expect Derrissaw to probably miss two to three weeks. And yeah. he is the best graded offensive tackle in the NFL. So losing that on your offensive line is equivalent to losing like an Aaron Donald, losing TJ Watt. That's how valuable that position is for this offense. And so nothing worked. Nothing worked. Dallas is seven and three. Minnesota six and two. Cowboys dominated this game. I mean, Dak amazing. Zeke amazing. Tony Pollard unreal. Cowboys defense feasted. There was probably nobody on Minnesota's side. Maybe Dalvin Cook that you started that you're like, eh, okay, I guess seventy something yards on eleven carries. But JJ turf toe. That's scary because turf toes are lingering and. The way he played this game, if that's an indication that he's hurt, then you're worried. Dude, he but, was wide open every fucking play. We just couldn't. Yeah, but no time. We have no, no time. time. Like by the Kurt time literally he turned yeah. around, by the time he turned around, he was sacked. Like it there was, was a there was a play where it was shotgun, and I shit you not. By the time the ball was hiked to Kirk Cousins, the defender was already there. I was yeah, like, what in the fuck? So, like, it's it's a shit show. It's an absolute shit show. 63% of dropbacks he was pressured. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, what, two years ago, where he just 32. had nothing? 32%. Like 50, 32 or so. I, I thought it was closer to, like, almost no. 50, but it was no. high. <laughs> it was very, very high. And Kirk Cousins at 63%. I mean, no quarterback. Nobody, not a single person can sit behind a 65% Honestly, pressure rate and do anything. I'm just surprised that he's not dead. Like, th- there was a post-game interview where he was not injured, and I'm like, whoa. Okay, so we're not completely out. And another thing, okay, another thing on this Darisaw situation, that's the first sack fumble was on Darisaw. That was, that was the first time he allowed a sack all year, and that was because it was Michael Parsons running through his throat all the way across the other side of the field. So we lost him, and what's funny is that some of the other sacks weren't even on the left tackle side. It was just straight up the middle. Center was getting fucked, right? Guard was getting fucked. Left guard was getting fucked. It was just a massacre. These Cowboys, again, I am not playing around. Like, they're, they're by far the best team in the NFC, and I think it should be a Cowboys 49ers NFC Championship game if, if, it, if they really want to put out the two of the best NFC products uh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, pass rush, man. No joke. They're the best pass rush in the country. And right now, look at that offense. You can't, now, you know? you can't, yeah, if you can't block them, again, all the offense has to do is basically play complimentary football now. And that's what this team is doing right now. So uh, the Cowboys are scary, seven and three. Definitely a force to be reckoned with. Vikings regrouping at eight and two. But the good thing is, when you're a good football team, you build yourself a buffer to have duds. The Patriots won this, or the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl and lost 38 to three to the Saints in the regular season, right? Every team has duds, but it's just a roadblock. The good thing is they play on Thursday in four days to basically get this sour taste out of your mouth. So it works out really well. It's an opportunistic time to lose the game. 
nobody wants to lose, but we weren't going to go 16 and one. I don't think anybody thought that. So uh, scrap it, short-term memory, move on. Cowboys, basically anybody you started on their fantasy team uh, on the Cowboys side, you did well, maybe outside of their pass catchers. Yeah, going against the number one pass rush, and now in four days going against the number two pass rush. We'll see how that plays out. Speaking of pass rush, TJ Watt is back for the Steelers. The Bengals came to visit him and the rest of the Steelers. The over and under was on was at 40 and a half. That got smashed. Cincinnati was favored by four, and um, they ended up taking the dub. Cincinnati, six and four now. Pittsburgh, three and seven. Uh, Joe Burrow had his classic Joe Burrow days with the four tutties, 24 for 39 on 39 targets, 355 yards. Um, you know, the, the name of the game here is uh, Mixon and his injury. He had a concussion as well. Um, surprisingly, though, the, the P. Ryan vulturing happened mainly before he got a concussion. Um, P. Ryan had three receiving scores. He, he caught four catches. Three of those were touchdowns for 52 yards. Okay. So, and two of those, two of those touchdowns happened before Mixon left the game. So there's some level of, huh, interesting, interesting, interesting situation there. Um, after Mixon left, uh, P. Ryan totaled up to 11 rushes for 30 uh, rushing yards and four catches for 52 yards in the three tutties we mentioned. Mixon ran the ball not that bad, seven rushes for 20 yards, three uh, receiving catches for 42 yards. Uh, Higgins had a really, really dominant day where he could not be stopped. Nine catches for 148 yards on nine and 13 targets. Boyd got asked to play outside. It, you know, I I heard that he got to play outside like 15 minutes before the game, and that's when you know if if you if you have Boyd in your lineup, you got to change that shit asap. He got to play. He had to play outside and really did bad. He had two catches on seven targets for 42 yards. Um, you know, this is you know I. I just understand that there's a really good chance Mixon is not playing this upcoming game. Looking at how all these concussion protocols have happened this year, uh, little to nobody comes back within a week, and um, there's a really good chance. So I think and if, if you they have, do, they get hurt again. If they do, they get concussed again and leave the game. <laughs> right, right, that too. So uh, this is a really good opportunity to pick up P Ryan, especially if he's getting the passing work, uh, which he most likely will get. So um, you know, these are the kind of players that are going to win you this upcoming week if you can get a hold of them. Um, that's that. And then on the other end, um, Kenny Pickett's still not a startable person. I think he's making his way to possibly being, being one. Um, but 25, uh, tosses for, um, sorry, 25 completions on 42 tosses, 265 yards and one touchdown. That one touchdown was by Pickens. He was my guy of the week for this team, for this game, uh, four catches on six targets, 83 yards and a touchdown for Pickens. Fryermuth had the best day. On 12 targets, he caught eight of them for 79 yards. And Deontay Johnson is still not in the end zone. And at this point, man, is he going to get in the end zone? I he only know. runs drag routes. He runs a lot of drag routes and comeback routes. I mean, like, that's what he did mainly with, with uh, what's his name? Uh, Big Ben, Big too. Ben. But the thing is, like, they established those more and more. So then when he could do, like, one fake on one of those drag routes, he'd be open downfield. But they haven't gotten that chemistry ready to even make that even a, a worry. They're kind of letting him have those nowadays. Um, so I don't know until that vertical threat is established, these, uh, quick inside stuff isn't really going to scare anybody. So no one's really going to bite on those. Uh, I think Pickens is going to be moving, moving forward. He's going to be startable. I I almost started him this week. I started last minute Pacheco over him. So I lost six points there. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, Pickens, I think he's a viable starter, especially against teams that are, um, high powered throwing teams you're playing against and with a weaker defense, um, you got to start them. It's, it's, it's almost like a must start. If, if the Steelers have to throw the ball, 
the ball is going to Pickens. If they want to catch up or if they want to score points, it's going to Pickens. Yeah, and then I think you were going to mention him, but Najee had like his best game of the season. Oh, yeah, my bad. I have it written right there. Um, yeah, Najee, man, 20, 20 touches on the ground uh, for 90 yards and two touchdowns, a really, really good run for 20 yards. Um, that way he had to like do some weird hurdle things at the end zone. It was nice to see that he can still do all that. Uh, four catches for 26 yards, and um, a lot of this, the catching work, happened after Warren um, left the game early. Um, nothing really for owners to worry about, but that's something nice for the Harris owners, uh, to not be afraid of anymore. Even if Harris has a really bad week, Warren's not coming in anytime soon. I think I forgot what the injury was, but I suspect, um, Harris to be started handsomely 98% starting moving forward. Hopefully he's back, man. I'm glad that we scored 30 points though. The, that the offense was like a big concern. Uh, even if, uh, defense like let's. You know, a lot of points. Uh, scoring 30 points against the Bengals, I think that's the, the biggest thing to be happy about as a Steelers fan. Got to find a silver lining when you're losing a lot. I feel that. <laughs> you do. You do, man. At, at three and seven, <laughs> any anything, uh, any silver lining is good. All right. Next up, Sunday night football. This was a, such a fun game. Chiefs at Chargers. The Chiefs were favored by five points. The over was a 52, and it did get hit at 57 and sure enough, the you know Chiefs didn't cover their spread. At, what did I say? Oh, surprise. look at me! Surprise, surprise! Surprise, uh, surprise! Let's start with the fantasy implications first. Everybody and their mom, including me, was talking about Kadarius Tony, but he gets hurt. And uh, you know, Sky Moore had a solid game. Trust no one. Trust no one from this receiving core. <laughs> No one. I, I think just stay away. Just stay. If it's not Kelsey and if it's not uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, or Pacheco, maybe Pacheco. Uh, yeah, just stay away. Uh, Mike Williams had an ankle injury uh, after having nice. four, both of my guys. I started. Thanks. Salt on four, the Salt on the four targets and uh, hey, he's still one. He's still one. It's all good. And Mike Williams had uh, he got an ankle injury. He was out after four targets. Keenan Allen though, five catches for ninety four yards. Did have a fumble. But I think that he is going to be back in the lineups for people. Uh, Keenan Allen, even though he he did this all having lower uh, routes run than J uh, Joshua Palmer uh, and DeAndre Carter. So, um, yeah, if Keenan Allen's there and he's going to start now, you, you, you put him in there. Um, Isaiah Pacheco had some really solid, solid runs. Um, looks a lot better than CEH like we've been talking about. Um, and, uh, Joshua Palmer, you know, th this is a guy that you probably didn't start and he had a great day on most people's benches and, uh, it makes sense. You know, Mike Williams is back. Keenan Allen's back. Why would you start Joshua Palmer? But they were on pitch counts. And so Palmer and DeAndre Carter did get most of the routes. Like I mentioned, uh, game notes. So I've got here written down Mahomes to Kelsey, Mahomes to Kelsey. And lastly, Mahomes to Kelsey, because that's what it was, man. When push comes to shove and you need some touchdowns for the Chiefs, that's the connection that is always just going to be there, like bread and butter. It's just, it, it's, it, yeah, man, probably the greatest uh, tight end of all. I mean, a duo probably, yeah. Um, Kelsey surpasses Gronkowski with the most 100-yard games after this one. Um, and so from one goat to the other goat. Um but yeah, uh, you know, it was just, it was a fun game. It, it was down to the wire. Chargers, uh, Eckler scores a touchdown late in the game with like, I think it was like a minute 30 remaining, something like that. And then sure enough, uh, Patrick Mahomes connects with Travis Kelsey to get the touchdown and win the game uh, 30 to 27. I mean, 
it was just wild. It just watch the highlights of seeing what happened. It was just classic Chief stuff going on. Um, but nonetheless, fun Sunday night football. Yeah, I like how you use the word fun because it should have been fun, but it was anything but fun for me. It was very, very not fun. It was the opposite of fun watching this game. And here's another example of you can do all the right things, right? I, I wouldn't have expected anybody to start Keenan Allen. I think if you started Keenan Allen this week, I don't know why. You knew he was going to be limited. He was on a snap count. They said that. He had five catches for 94 yards, right? So make that make sense. Wow. If you started Keenan Allen, you were like, oh, wow, I surprisingly got a good day. Mike Williams, I'm 200%. Mike Williams, no snap count. Mike Williams, no limitations. Literally jumps up, catches the ball, and re-sprains his high ankle. Like, that. that is the epitome of just fantasy bullshit like that is just straight and then yeah like you said when you hear if you if we had heard that both these guys were on snap counts i would have 100 been like okay i'm still gonna start josh palmer then but the fact that they said williams no snap count allen snap count i was like okay then if williams is 100 against the chiefs who he typically dominates against by the way i was like that's an easy start obviously i'm gonna bench joshua palmer so like again an example of you could do all the right things. You get all the right information and it still finds a way to fuck you. Kadarius, Tony, man, don't even get me started. Like that dude, just go fuck yourself. Yeah. So I mean, like that, that was just like, dude, oh my God. I, the Kadarius, Tony thing I feel like is like, oh man, this is going to get really weird. But like, there's reasons why I just don't want that guy on my team. And this is one of those reasons. It's like, when have you been reliable for me? You know, barring that wide open ass touchdown last week where he just kind of like jumped in the end zone or whatever. Like, you haven't seen enough to be like, all right, this guy's my lineup lock. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't know. It's like desperation times. I get it. Like, when you don't know who to start. But, like, if you have other options, like, I'm not I don't, I'm not jumping into injured players, first of all. And I'm not jumping into people that have never shown me anything. You know what I mean? Unless there's huge upsides or other people aren't playing. Like, this Kadarius Tony situation where other, one of his other – a lot of his other teammates weren't playing. But the bar – besides that, if I just – if I just hear the word Kadarius Tony, I'm like, see, ya. you can go hang out with Latavius Murray because I want, I want no part of this. The thing yeah. is, though, like, Miko Hardman was out, right? And yeah. then Juju is dealing right. with, I think, a concussion. So, uh, Sky Moore and Watson and Tony, those are your only three options. And out of those three, you know, you've got a guy that they went out and picked their second round draft pick. Or six, yeah, they traded their second pick in the draft, mm-hmm. second round pick in the draft for this guy. So, like, that puts a little bit more weight to like justify drafting Tony. But yeah, I mean, you know, we it's can't Patrick Mahomes, man. Like it, it could be some, someone's dad out there. Someone's truck driver dad out there. He's going to get in the end zone twice. It's like, it's just, I, if there's one thing we learned from this whole situation, it's like, like you said, Trevor, it's Mahomes and it's Kelsey. And then it's just a randomness of things that happen. I think right. Pacheco, they're trying to make him less random uh, by giving him more of the carries. And now CEH is like hobbled up or whatever. He just sucks. And then the other guys hobbled up. McKinnon not getting rushing work ever, you know, here and there. So I think he's becoming more of a lineup lock. I think Pacheco, and like especially in non-PPR leagues, should be started immediately. In PPR leagues, the guy's kind of, you know, he's like a no-crow uh, football player in my eyes. Like he has no idea what the rules are, first of all. And that kick return, he like grabbed the ball and stayed inbounds instead of getting a 40-yard penalty to go. Like have your team near midfield. He was like, nah, let's take it here at the seven-yard line. Like, there's zero football IQ, and there, that's exactly why he hasn't been thrown into the starting lineup when all these people are like, look at Pacheco. He runs like a maniac. Why aren't they start using him more? Well, that's exactly why. He does not know how, to, how football works. He just thinks, grab ball, go forward, run over people. Like, that's what he's thinking. That just yeah. reminds me of that game uh, back in the days. It was I forget that, like, really good uh, running back that would run 
you like it's like this old school Sega game, and you just do kickoff returns and run with that. Uh, <laughs> Bo, Jackson? Bo Jackson, yeah, Bo Jackson, it's Tech Mobile or whatever. Tech Mobile. <laughs> And the rundown with Monday Night Football. The 49ers travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Arizona on the road, favored by eight points over under 43 and a half. 38-10 final. Arizona or San Francisco covers the spread over caches. San Francisco is now six and four. Arizona drops to four and seven. No Kyler Murray this game. But I mean, honestly, would it have really mattered? Uh, Arizona looked bad. James Conner does his usual shit. 14 for 42, found the end zone. Great job, James Conner. Two catches, 12 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, doesn't matter who's a quarterback. He's going to get open. Nine catches, 91 yards. Greg Dorch, man. You know what's funny about Greg Dorch? He was the guy that I was ready to swap out Hopkins for if Hopkins was a lap minute lap or last second scratch. And ideally, he would have had a better day. Nine catches for 103 yards. That dude is like basically what... Rondell Moore should be, but Rondell Moore is hurt. He can't stay on the field. Um, but I like, I really like the way Greg Dorch plays. He doesn't drop anything basically that's thrown his way. And like in a year where we're seeing too many star studded receivers make easy ass drops, I respect a guy that catches everything that's thrown his way. Tight end action. We talked about it. Is it going to be McBride? Is it going to be Williams? McBride, four targets, four catches, 14 yards. Max Williams, one target, one catch, seven yards. On the 49ers side, because that's what matters. Himmy G is what they're calling him. 228 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Elijah Mitchell gets more carries than CMC, nine carries for 59 yards. He saw more work starting like the second quarter, so I didn't really make anything of it. CMC seven for 39, still seven for 67 through the air, so he is obviously a must start. Debo Samuel, I benched him for shits and giggles, and he finally has a good game. Seven for 57, catching three for 37, and finally had that one long, infamous Debo Samuel touchdown run. Brandon Ayuk, I said I like him better as a pass catcher than Debo Samuel. He only caught two passes, only got 20 yards, but two motherfucking touchdowns, baby. Two for 20, that is efficient. And what did I say? George Kittle might be a resurgence. Worst defense against tight ends. Four catches, 84 yards, two of those Tuddy. Yeah, we, we we saw why they're called the worst defense against tight ends. Neither of those catches should have been touchdowns, by the way. No. Jimmy G's stat should have ended at two touchdowns to Ayuk. But Kittle, with this really porous tight end defense, found, caught that ball, went through like three defenders. One on one catch, he went untouched down the sideline where a defender clearly all he had to do was get in front of him, decided not to. It's just the Cardinals are bad. The Cardinals are a shit show. Now the offense is a shit show. It's just a matter of time until they start benching Hopkins, and I'm starting to sweat over here. Yeah, that would be bad for me in my other league as well. Do not do that. Um, what's funny, if you started an entire San Francisco 49ers offense, or their entire team for that matter, Jimmy G, 25.42 fantasy points. CMC, 14.1, respectable. Debo, 18.9. Ayuk, 15. Kittle, 22.4. 49ers defense, 10 points. Robbie Gold, even, 8 points. That equals 113.8 fantasy points. And that doesn't even count. Your RB2, and that doesn't even include a flex play. So there you have it. If you started the 49ers' entire offense, you may have even started Elijah Mitchell in there. How did he do? How did Mitchell do? He had like five points or six points or something like that. Right. So okay. you could have started Elijah Mitchell and you could have started, you know, a random flex. Juwan Jennings, if you want to get cute. Dorch, if you wanted to go crazy. I guess he's on the other team. But even if you started Juwan Jennings and Elijah Mitchell, you would your team would have put up 120 yeah. fantasy points starting wow. an entire lineup from one <laughs> team. That is a fantasy player's dream of a game. Um, but ideally, I only had the defense and they... Stepped up when it mattered, got 10 fantasy points, got me the dub. 49ers look scary, 38-10 to 10 final. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. It was Arizona, and they are in shambles. That's it for the rundown. Let's hand out our awards, guys. 
All right, my first award. Whoa, just take it easy, man. <laughs> that is my first award. I, I, I definitely know who this is. Yeah, it's the, the hints there are so obvious. Read <laughs> the, the last, rest of it. last hint got me. Yeah. Tenth uh, overall fantasy football, not just his position, and then first in position by almost 80 points. He is the tenth fantasy football Shove player. Any word? Rank. Yeah. Any idea? Shove it. It's so easy. Come on, you already talked about it. Shove it. Travis Kelsey. Travis motherfucking Kelsey, man. It, dude. Just take it easy. Like, just even if I like, it's unreal how all this guy does is catch touchdowns. Like Mahomes, like, all right, no one's open. Kelsey, you're there. Oh, no one's open. Kelsey, you're there. Oh, I'm not gonna look at anybody else. Kelsey, like, all this guy does is produce. It's becoming just next level. He already is arguing, arguing in the argument for the best tight end of all time. Um, like he just honestly, like I don't have him on any of my teams. So like, I'm not the happy benefactor. So I'm just like the Drake. I'm like, Whoa, just take it easy, man. Like leave some, <laughs> leave some room for somebody else. Like all you do is dominate. So if you have Travis Kelsey, like your fantasy team, like if you drafted Travis Kelsey, I don't see a world where your fantasy team is not at least 500. Like somebody send me a team where you have a team with Travis Kelsey and your team is not at least 500 pushing for the playoffs. So he gets, he gets my, whoa, just take it easy, man. Award. All right. Um, My award is called a Max Holloway award. You guys know who Max Holloway is? Yeah. UFC fighter. Yeah. UFC fighter. Okay. It's close. That was my next guess. <laughs> what, did you, what did you guess he was? He said Stranger Things actor. <laughs> um, no, but it, it does get pretty strange in Max Holiday world. Um, so I'm giving out this award because Max Holloway has landed the most punches in UFC history. He's also received the most punches in UFC history. And this award is more for the receiving part. So this award goes out to the Vikings offensive line. For letting Kirk Cousins have 63% pressure rate, which is double the rate that Patrick Mahomes faced in the Super Bowl when everybody was like, oh my God, get this guy an offensive line. This is atrocious. We'll double that. And that's what happened against the Cowboys. So Max Holiday Award for some games beating the shit out of your opponents and some games having the worst game your quarterback has ever had in his life. So congratulations. You get the Max Holiday Award. Nice. That's a very fitting award there. Next up, my award is going to be Put Me In Coach Award. This uh, is going to know. be. All right. He's the back, backup running back. Tony Pollard. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan. Oh, Tony good one too. Samaj P. Ryan gets the Put Me In Coach Award with three touchdowns and a handful of catches and yards and just, you know, three touchdowns. Enough, enough said. So he he needs to he probably wants to be in the game. Mixon has those you know games where he's like two point five four yards per carrier and uh, pretty bad average. Five five touchdowns, but five yeah one game five <laughs> touchdowns and uh, so you know he wants to be in the game so he gets to put me in coach award. Moral of the story is you just put anybody as a Cincinnati Bengals running back and I guess all they do is score touchdowns. Like how but they have to be able to catch the ball. Yeah, that's true. That's the one requirement. You don't have to run the ball well, but you got to be able to catch the ball. Run the ball for two yards to carry, but just don't drop the ball when we throw it to you. <laughs> My game ball this week, guys, already talked about him. It goes to Hemi G, Hemi Garoppolo, because he is him. I he cringe plays. every time I hear that. I, I just yeah, I can't help I know. it. It's so yeah. cringy. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man. He's just in such a, a opportunistic situation. He plays with the mastermind Kyle Shanahan. Again, 228 yards through the air, four touchdowns, just puts the ball 
where it needs to be and let's Debo run for 80 yards. Let's Kittle run for 40 yards. Let's Ayuk moss somebody. Let's CMC shift his way for a couple yards. All Jimmy G does is basically just puts the ball there and then everybody else does everything else. But it doesn't matter. The, on the stats on the sheet show that this guy had a historic day. So 38 to 10 defeat. He is a streamable fantasy option. He's not even a starting fantasy quarterback. So uh, great day for him. Four tutties. He gets my game ball. Yeah, he had that crazy streak of multiple game touchdowns. Uh, it wasn't crazy. It was like four games with double-digit touchdowns. And then I started him last week, and he got one <laughs> touchdown. And then now he gets four touchdowns. <laughs> Fucking screw him. Um, yeah, my game ball, I haven't given him one this whole season, and I think it's due for somebody being so consistent. Devonta Adams had another game over 100 yards. Tell me if you have not heard that one before. Um, and two touchdowns. And one of them was against PlayStation 2, which has been rested in peace because there's a PlayStation 4 now. And his name is as some sort of Seahawk name. I forgot the name of this guy. <laughs> Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. That's PS4. <laughs> um, and then there's also a PS5, but um, I don't know what that is yet. There's Sauce, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. There you go. That's the PS5. Okay. So PS2, rest in peace. Thank you for everything you did. <laughs> PS2's uh, got the blue screen of death or whatever the hell that's called. <laughs> the Adams right after scoring that touchdown was like, um, what, what did he say? He said something like degrading, but also helpful. It was like, he said something where like, it was like constructive criticism, but like in an asshole way. And I loved it so much. I wanted to say it on the podcast, but I don't remember. Um, he was just like, he's just not there. Something like that. He's like, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. It was like, you know, like you're good, but like I'm the best. So, uh, Devonta Adams game ball goes to you. My game ball goes to this is also a guy I have, I have not given a game ball to all year. I'm happy to because he because he hasn't deserved a game ball all year. <laughs> wholesome, wholesome moment. Yeah, like can we can we do this in like slow motion and then make yeah. it black and white? I'll, I'll, I'll get a lot of effects and black and yellow. Yeah. So I'll put like yes. a I'll show tears. me put your beanie on. Add some tears. Um, I, I wish I had my beanie right here, but uh, it goes to. Running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris, with a 20 carries, uh, 90 yards on 20 carries, average of four and a half, and most importantly, two touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris is back, ladies and gentlemen. If you started it him, it only took three months of football. <laughs> but he's back. He's back, and he's ready to attack. And I am very excited to uh, continue to start him on my fantasy league. It was nice to see, man. I'm a Najee fan. I want him to do well. Yeah, we all did. Let's be honest. Like we all yeah. were waiting for this. We're moment. all rooting for Najee, man. Yeah, that was, that was nice. I'm gonna call yeah. show with Travis moving forward. Here's Travis now. <laughs> you, you know why? You know why it's show it's Travis now? No, what, Homer, why Travis? Homer, Homer, because <laughs> you're, you're a big ass Homer. Travis, <laughs> Mr. Trubisky is the future. Patrick Mahomes, don't worry about it. We still got Rudolph. Rudolph's so good, guys. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, right if today. we just if we just stop if we just stop the Bills offense, we have a chance. We have a chance. I'm just here to give analysis of how they're gonna win the game, whether or not they go out and win the game. I, yeah. you know, I can't yeah. control the you can't, con- you can't control the fact that they can't execute on your pristine game plan. Like that's not your fault. Rudolph, just be Mahomes. Just be Mahomes. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. God. no, it's a yeah. great game ball. Great game ball. Yeah. Much deserved. Probably Happy for Najee. Uh, let's end the episode real quick. Three games on tap for Thanksgiving in two days. Let's preview those real quickly. First game on the board, the Bills and the Lions. Buffalo playing in Detroit for the second consecutive week. Buffalo favored by nine and a half points over under 54 points. Um, I mean, it's the Detroit Lions, right? What, what, 
we say about them still holds true. But like you said, all it takes is, you know, it's the NFL. So you're obviously starting everybody on the Buffalo side with confidence. I'm probably starting Buffalo defense, uh, just knowing that it's the Detroit Lions. Because, again, could the Detroit Lions put up a great football game like they did against the Giants last week? Possible. Absolutely possible. But what does the probability tell me? It tells me that the Buffalo Bills should get back to Buffalo Bills' ways. So I'm starting all the Buffalo Bills players. Gabe Davis. Uh, Gabe Davis, take that back. I would start Josh Allen, start Devin Singletary. I'll start Diggs. Probably start Dawson Knox. Gabe Davis, you could start, but there could be a situation where... This is the game I'm starting Gabe Davis. I'm, really? I'll take... I, I, I just feel like there could be a world where they just don't even need Gabe Davis. But, but, but they do, know. though. It's not like he's some gimmick thing. He gets more targets than Diggs lately. You know what I mean? Like, they use him. Yeah. But I just don't like what his targets are because his targets are always like home run or nothing, right? So it's like a yeah. deep bomb. If it's overthrown, that's his target and he gets nothing. But you're right. I mean, again, it's the Detroit Lions and it's Thanksgiving. You're watching football. You're eating a lot of shit. Start everybody. You don't want to bench anybody on like the happiest day eating a bunch of great food watching football. So yeah, start everybody on Buffalo. On the Lions side, start Jamal Williams. And start Amonre St. Brown. Uh, Jameson Williams is officially off of the IR, so I think mm-hmm. they have to, a window to activate him. So he's an exciting, intriguing prospect that you could take a flyer on on your bench and wait for him to come back. But other than that, Bills at the Lions, I'm expecting Buffalo to handle business here. Anything you guys are watching out for in this specific matchup? Hey, man. Hey, man. The Lions got some heart, man. They're just coming off a win. I, upset alert? I don't know. Thanksgiving, you know. Dan Campbell, you just you don't you don't want to write him off just quite yet. Yeah. yeah, the reason the reason the reason I do agree with that is Dan Campbell seems like a man that loves his turkey, and you know how they hand out the big turkey to the winners and stuff. Like I think that's all the incentive. Dude, that man needs. If I I don't see that, I don't I, I don't see it happening. I called the last two games. The last two games I had the Lions winning both of those games, but this game I'm not so sure about that. I, I, okay, I I said like Josh Allen had to prove himself last game. They still pulled off a win somehow, but bro. If you lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving, what? where do you stand if you want to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time? Where does it put you? It puts you much, much lower. You're going to get made fun of for the next month, if not the rest of the season, if you lose this game. I don't see it happening. You just can't. They cannot afford to lose this game. Three out of four losses in a, within a month would be devastating for that Bill's ego. And I just... I can't. That, I, I'm trying to make sure, make sense of it. This just can't happen for for the for the love of the game. It just cannot happen. I think if we see Josh Allen struggle this week again, that's four consecutive weeks. Then you're going to start to be like, is that injury actually affecting him? Right? Because everybody brushed off the injury like it was nothing, it's, just but, because he chose to play. Man, I, I don't know. But man. We don't know. We have no idea the level of pain that that guy's in. Right? But, we just assume if he not, chose to play, then he's great. But the, the reason I'm derailing his play is not because of the bad throws. It's because of the mental mistakes. He's making some serious mistakes, and that's got nothing to do with his elbow as far as like decision making goes. Um, but who knows? It may be he may be limited on the type of throws he makes or whatever. But I don't know. I just I, I, I've always had a thing for Josh Allen not being who he really says he is, and he's kind of riding that for himself. And I, I really don't want to see that come down. This obviously, yeah. it has to be a little bit tougher than this. I'm not. I'm not on that yet. I, I think. Yeah. I. I think. I think he's struggling, which is fine. Everybody struggled. Lamar struggled. Patrick Mahomes had like consecutive games last year or two years ago where he looked human all of a sudden, right? Because defense had figured him out. So I think there's a lot more at play here, but yeah, I'm with you. This isn't a game where I'm like, the Lions can upset them. I just think the spread's really, really big. So there's a chance the Lions could backdoor cover the spread. Okay. Giants Cowboys divisional matchup. One team seven. I think both teams actually seven and three currently Dallas favored by nine points against the Giants over under 44 and a half are the books 
reading too much into the Giants' loss against Detroit because nine points in a divisional game against a team that actually plays good defense seems a little high to me. Um, I, I don't really know what you guys make of this. Obviously there's nobody in this game that you wouldn't have started in a normal game that you're not going to start Saquon started. Uh, you're going to start, um, Zeke, you're going to start Pollard. You're going to start Dak. Um, you're probably going to, I don't know, show Are you starting Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I'm definitely starting Don Schultz. I'm starting Don Schultz every single week. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen anything to not warrant a start, especially with how explosive this offense is. So, I mean, it, he may not get into the touchdown, but He's a, a favorite target for Dak Prescott, nonetheless. Yeah, CD Lamb has been hit or miss, but there's like there's no world where you can't start CD Lamb. So you're starting all the usual suspects, and you know maybe if you're desperate, Darius Slayton. We talked about him. There's nobody else to catch passes on that side. Yeah. So uh, if Dallas is going to go up, if they're going to pass, if they're going to pressure the Giants like they pressured the Vikings last week, then the Giants are going to have to throw at some point, and it's not it can't just be dump offs to Brita and Saquon yeah. and tight end passes to like their backup Bellinger, right? It has to go to a receiver at some mm-hmm. point. So Slayton can be the biggest benefactor here just out of sheer necessity. So if you're desperate, you could start Darius Slayton. Cowboys defense, great play in my opinion. Just Absolutely. again, that pass rush is so good that right now there's no reason you're not starting that defense. But uh, I, I think the Giants plus nine is what I would lean. I think this game is going to be tighter than a 10 point. I spread. hope so, man. I hope so. Cause I cannot live with what just happened and just ride that. Cowboys high for that long. I, I don't believe in juggernauts. I believe in equality even when it comes to football teams. And I think things should even out for the Cowboys. I'm just really afraid because I, I have not been a believer in the Giants through this whole process. The way they play is just so greedy and run first. And they just I'm just I can't be sold. I can't be sold. I'm still not sold. But if this somehow, if they pull out this win, then I have no no uh I got no option but to be sold. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm right there with you. They haven't really beat a very respectable opponent yet, and the way they're winning is not, you know, the greatest way and method. But um, again, people probably say that about the Vikings too, right? Looking from the outside, oh, yeah, in I, I see about that about the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, it's the NFL. It's hard to come up with victories. We sat here literally a year ago, like, why is Minnesota losing every close game? Well, this year they're winning every close game. So wins matter in the NFL. It doesn't matter how you get them. That should be a good divisional game. Speaking of the Vikings, they headlined the night game on Thanksgiving. They're hosting the New England Patriots and that amazing defense, favored by two and a half points at home, over under 42 and a half. Vikings looking to bounce back after that abysmal performance against the Cowboys. Uh, The fear is they're still not going to have their left tackle. So Matthew Judon, who is another amazing passer, rusher is going to have a field day so i'm hoping it is a short week but i'm hoping we found a way to adjust either hawkinson cook get some extra guys on the outside to chip because kirk cousins can't be pressured at that high of a rate and us expect to do anything at all anything at all nothing they they gotta eliminate the like we gotta start doing some shotguns i don't know why we don't it's not a part of our game plan because we do a lot of running and the play action is developed better out of the shotgun or um out of the under the center um, but there needs to be a, some plays developed where there, we limit the time between the snap and the defender getting to the quarterback. That needs to be limited as much as possible. So that equals get the ball quicker to the quarterback, have the, quicker, uh, have the quarterback ready to throw the ball to quicker receivers and quicker routes. A lot of quickness. We need yes. a lot of quickness in this rat-a-tack. game to have it. Yes, yeah, just a rat-a-tack. lot of quick attacks. Rat-a-tack. A lot of rat-a-tack. Rat-a-tack. Um, So that's what I'm looking for. Um, you guys got any last-minute words about the Thursday night football or the Thanksgiving slate of football? Yeah, it's a primetime game, so God bless our team. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Another primetime loss, and then it's just like, oh, God, here come the memes. Um, okay, that that is it. Real quick, before we end the episode, I just want to do our weekly, uh, probably just because I want to talk, about my team do our weekly uh what's going on in your other league 
Because I know we all have really, really formidable teams in our other leagues that, you know, mm-hmm. we are hoping we all three of us should be able to come out victorious. Uh, I'll run through mine with you guys real quick. I played against a guy who dropped 139.34 fantasy points against me, scored the most points in the league, um, but my team casually won 59.06. You know, no big deal. Jalen Hurts, 24 points. Derek Henry, 24. Saquon, 4.5. But who cares when you have the rest of your team to carry you? That's what having a consistent force is, right, Shashot? Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, 29.6. De- DeAndre Hopkins, 13.6. Pat Fryermuth, 11.9. Tony Pollard, 33.9 points. San Francisco defense, 10. And Justin Tucker, 7. That's 159 points for my league. I am going, I won again. I am officially 9 and 2. And I have over 150 more points scored than the next highest guy. So I'm sitting pretty in that league. What about you guys? Yeah. So I was playing against a person that scored 171 points. And wow. I unfortunately lost. Uh, I'm 7 and 3 in, in this uh, league. But take, get this. Okay. So my uh, total points. For this league is 1,730. Jesus. The next closest is 1,398. So wow, uh, wow. I'm, I'm sitting yeah. pretty, but uh, yeah, no, I had bad performances by Saquon Barkley. Damian Pierce didn't show up either. Uh, Justin Jefferson didn't show up. All those guys. Oh wow, you had that whole team. Yeah. So <laughs> Barkley, Pierce, uh, Jefferson. I, I also have Kelsey who did really uh, who did well. Olave did well. St. Brown did well. But, uh, oh, and I started Cincinnati defense. And I said, I told you guys this in the beginning of the game. I was like, Cincinnati's defense is going to break some streamers' hearts. And I was one of those streamers. And my heart was broken <laughs> as well. I didn't, I didn't take my own advice. <laughs> but I didn't have any options either. But um, I think, you know, my team is solid. I think moving forward, I'm number one. So I should be fine with Barkley, Pierce, Brown, Olave, Kelsey, Jefferson, Stevenson, Carlton, and Fields. Who's your, who's your quarterback there, Fields? Fields, yeah. Nice, nice. Nice. Um, so today is the first, well, this week is the first week I'm in the playoffs in all three of my leagues so far this year. So, um, I've been crawling my way up in our league, but the other leagues, I'm just chilling up there. Just waiting for people to talk shit, but nobody talks shit because they know better. Um, but anyways, we're the score final score in my other league where I could have potentially been dethroned was 104 to 103. And oh I, I was, I was playing against Hopkins, right? The guy only had Hopkins left and, um, uh, I, I don't have Hopkins in that league. So um, I was up by 13 and he had Hopkins and Hopkins scored 13, but the decimal points were in my favor and I took the dub there and he has not been able to sleep sending me statistics about how rare this situation is every single day since Sunday. So that just makes me happy. Good Dude, shit, man. It's always so nice being on the, like the winning end of that. It rarely does, but it happens sometimes. That week that I lost by a yard, man, I just – it was the worst. It, it yeah. literally, like, there's so many situ- – like, the fact that I could have started a guy who had 3.4 points as opposed to 3.3 and tied is just mind-boggling. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just can't it sleep. You can't sleep. But, no. That's fantasy. That is the world of fantasy football, and that's all we have for you guys. Long, long episode. A lot to talk about. We're excited. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of The Only Playbook. Follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Only Playbook. If you're watching, you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, you're listening from just about any podcast platform possible. So thank you guys so much for all the support. Um, have a great week. We will be back probably Friday and have a lot to talk about as there is three football games on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Steve Carr. That's your show. That's show of it. We're the only play.